This episode of Strange Assembly is brought to you by www.l5rsearch.com. L5rsearch.com is a comprehensive online L5R card database with tools to assist in optimizing your decks, proxying cards, or simply finding out about unusual cards. Once you know what you need, www.l5rshop.com puts cards in your hands quickly and economically. This is Strange Assembly episode 105, in which Jay and the story team have much fun at my expense. Never Stop Gaming. Strange Assembly is a podcast and website about board games, card games, and role-playing games. Legend of the Five Rings, and beyond. Alright, so welcome to another random episode of Strange Assembly. Chris, for whatever reason, can't be here, so you're stuck with me for now. I'm Jay Earl. I've got several different random AEG people to talk to. We're here at Gen Con. I'll let everybody introduce themselves so the listeners can know whose voice goes with who, and also so I don't have to bother learning your names. So, we'll start with you, Sean, since everyone's gesturing at you. Okay, I'm Sean. I'm the uh, lead writer and uh, designer for the lead designer for the RPG, although, honestly, Rob does more of the latter. Okay. I'm uh, Robert Denton, and I'm a member of the story team. I'm Robert Hobart, junior member of the story team and RPG designer. My name's Fred Wan. I am the assistant story lead for the CCG, and I think the title is still good, Continuity Editor for the CCG. <laughs> right. You guys keep changing positions, so who knows what your title is this week? Yeah. Well, what that title <laughs> corresponds to. Right. What, what you're actually doing. Musical positions. Yeah. Carrying the bags. <laughs> Zinter keeps making me wash his car. <laughs> you have to keep going golfing with him, and... <laughs> All right, so before I start with questions, does anybody have anything particularly interesting that they want to share? Not really. No? Okay. <laughs> no, because the most interesting thing that happened to me involved a very colorful and unpleasant trip getting here, and some of that would be construed as slanderous, so um, maybe I won't Fair get enough. that. Theoretically, I meant about L5R, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> I bought a Darth Maul Lego minifigure for my boy at the college the exhibit hall. It was delightful. Yeah, it was, it was very expensive, too, so. Well, it was 15 bucks. <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. Yep. Okay. No, I'm, I'm, I think we're cool with just responding to questions and ideas. Okay, excellent. Eventually, prepared, we'll take it off the rails. But I should have prepared more than a few random questions, so. Uh, we'll keep going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully the few will actually get us through. Okay. The first story question I have, so we just had the, the, the madness go on. We've, we're now getting all of these random, mad, crazy people. And of course the first wave of those were all included experienced personalities. So I was just curious, how did you go about choosing who get to be mad? I mean, some of them are relatively straightforward, but obviously you needed one of each clan. There were some design considerations in terms of just having a pool of playable mad people right. so that the deck would work. In terms of personalities per clan, we were looking at people who were on kind of stress points. The very first ones were ones who could go either way. We didn't communicate that very well. But the first few, like Hideo, for example, isn't confirmed mad yet. 
But he's one of those people who's under so much emotional and other stressors that he could end up in this state, very likely. Oh, and you've got Tukagi, the master of water, who you had the story, he goes mad and then he comes back. So I assume you have several more like that where... They're, they get the madness keyword, they make, get the madness card, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're... They end that insane. way. Insane, yeah. yeah. Natoshi was mad before it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> you keep using past tense. Hmm? He's still not a very nice individual. <laughs> no. Uh, I would say that some characters you'll know one way or the other, and some characters I think you're going to wonder for a while which okay. way they ended up. It's just based on the nature of the character and narratively what works best. Fair enough. People are just nodding, so I think we've yeah. exhausted that. We are we've exhausted that subject. Yeah. Okay. We are agreed. Yeah. I was thinking dartboard, but <laughs> it sounds like size, there was size of bribes. Ooh. Ah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> size of bribes, defaulting to dartboard when you uh Exactly. My aim is terrible. <laughs> ah, that explains a few of them, yes. So obviously there's not too much that you guys can talk about going forward, both because, you know, that's secret, but also just you don't necessarily know how even well, this weekend is going to go. But what are your, if you got to pick right now, because when we're recording this, tomorrow is when the big mad Panku versus Fudo thing is going to happen. Which would you rather have win and why? I don't know. I think I'd probably say Fudo. I like the the heretical monk sect aspect of the setting that we've never really delved too much into. I just think there's more stuff to be done with that one. Okay. No, nothing wrong with Panku, of course. I just well, and that actually brings up another interesting question because Chris is opinionated that he wants Panku to win simply because he hopes that by Panku dying, you'll cover neither one going forward. So, depending on, obviously, either one could win. Will whichever side wins see some amount of coverage in in next- some in some form or another? Yes, okay. absolutely. If for no other reason than to frustrate Chris. Well, as long as there's a good reason. Take that, Stevenson. <laughs> Not showing up. You get all the Fudo you can handle. <laughs> he ain't here. Nope. Fudo-licious. <laughs> actually, I uh, agree with you. I actually would rather, if I had my choice, I would think Fudo would be kind of cool. I like, um, and I like the supernatural aspects of different things, or the settings, one of the things that draws me to it. But I really like, I like stories with human conflicts and and where people you know have uh, have disagreements and I like the samurai aspects especially when they're you know about disagreements between people yeah people yeah. people who aren't you know mystical dragons in the sky and if it were if it were me I would I would prefer a fudo victory because it could give us a chance to continue to focus on interpersonal relationships between uh, the different samurai and factions. Right. And not just a bunch of people who are crazy! Yeah. I think I will depart from my colleagues on this. One of the main reasons is Leon is within short driving distance of my place. <laughs> and there is no way I can vote against Punk who in good conscience with that being the case. Would you say that, do you mean in good conscience or that you're afraid of him coming over one night? Both. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, the other thing is I actually feel like having one... I don't think we need one more heretical monk sect. I actually feel like we can explore those issues without the Fudo group entirely, and Punku has more cachet. Mm. He's been, like, Punku has been around in the game since the beginning. 
So right, as opposed to the Fudo monks who are more hey, yeah, they were around the whole time. Nudge, nudge, they were wink, suppressed. Wink. Well, well, they were not around the whole time in the right. same state. So my view on that would be: I don't think whether or not we have one more monk sect prohibits us from exploring narratively those same concepts. And I feel like Panku is has a narrative space already established, so I would lean towards it being a cleaner environment to tell stories in. If if you have to let go of one to let go of right. Fudo. For that matter, I mean we we've already said the winner will get some amount of coverage. Will the loser just completely disappear going forward, or will they get some amount of Depends on what on the nature of the victory, it depends on what kind of story we want to tell. You know, I find it difficult to come up with a story where either of them just completely ceases, you know, drops completely off the radar all at once. Sure. There'll be more of a, a dwindling. But, yeah. Right. I mean, even what we've seen of Panku, where he's going to get defeated at the end of Gen Con, presumably it's not like he gets killed or anything. It's just... That's awfully shoo, hard to kill a dragon. Shoo! Go away. It, it takes a bit of work to kill a dragon. Yeah. Yeah. So, I read that in Shadowrun, I think. <laughs> no, no, what you've heard is never, ever deal with a dragon. I, I would, I would be disinclined to have one of them just poof. But, it all depends on whoever is writing the fiction with how inspiration hits. Sure. And sometimes the team comes up with really brilliant ideas, or I come up with a depraved and insane idea and say, go with it. And so, it is not clear. Like, we don't even know who will win yet. Right, right no. I mean, but, And we don't know what the deck... Sometimes the deck has that wins has something so neat that we just have to... And sometimes right, it's not. That's always cool. That, yeah. I mean, that was the original Shadow Dragon, was that initial win... With Justin the, Walsh. Yeah, yeah, Justin Walsh with the Corrupted Air Dragon. Always fun to see things like that, so right. yeah. Or um, Akasha, who came from a global storyline... Either vote or tournament, I forget uh, which. Uh, Legacy of the Naga, was it? Yeah. yeah. But it was not a single big event, but Akasha has had huge impact, if nothing else, by being the parent of Nalish mm-hmm. from just that one thing. So, hard to say, but I think it would be very weird to have them just poof. We have seen the, the Brotherhood not quite come out of nowhere, but have that slow build-up of last arc, you have the Fudo holdings and a little mm-hmm. bit of Fudo and eventually explode into... The statue that walks. Right. Yeah. And, and the heart driving people crazy yep. in the palace and all the... being the big bad. So I, I assume that you're trying to do that more of proceed whatever the villain are going to be so you don't just drop a new villain in. So are there... Are there hints out there that you want to accentuate, or do you want to just keep that hidden for now for people to speculate? Miramoto Shike is the big bad of the next set. Oh my god! That'll make Chris he is so a. Happy. <laughs> I think He's I just a... heard a car pull up. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that dropped too early. I don't think we have any plans for any like all of the conflict that we currently have planned for the Ivory Arc. I think it's been well foreshadowed. Okay. I don't think that uh, I don't think you'll see much anything that will surprise you. It's just kind of a natural outgrowth of where the story is right now. I like it. I of course, you know, I say that about every arc, I guess, but I'm uh, I'm pretty excited to uh, to to move in that direction. I think it'll be a lot of fun. The fewer things that seem to come out of nowhere the better. And 
Yeah, I, I don't really want to get into what I'd like to see in an ideal world because then people are like, well, Fred had such a great idea. Why didn't you do it? Or Fred is such an idiot. Why don't you fire him? So, so let's not go there. But I do think the more people are like, yeah, I saw this coming. The, the more people can feel clever with the team. As a, and that's just pres- presuming yeah. we're clever at all. But the more people can feel clever by predicting what we've put down, the better. And I don't think there's anyone who'll be crying foul over what goes on in Ivory, except for when we, you know, kill Miramoto Shike. Right, yeah. Several times. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he got better, and then, and then he died again, yes. Okay, I'll be sure to tell Chris that. I'm, I'm sure he'll be happy to hear Yes, I hope so. And my email address is... <laughs> Actually, I think, well, and, someone and, wanted and to find it. And then you give him mine. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, that too, yeah. yeah. Okay, but there... There are no, like, threads that you've placed in hopes of ivory that no one's caught on that you want to... There's always threads we've placed in hope of the future that people don't catch. Okay. Always. And sometimes it's because we don't do anything with them, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's because they're there and they're overlooked, or ignored, or people are like, well, that wasn't a real thread because I don't interpret it that way. Right, and sometimes it's, it's just not as well written as we thought it was. It's It's... We are never as clever as we would like to be, and we are never as subtle as we... We're, we're never as subtle, but no more, no less than where we need to be, because you, you can't tell. Right. But I think we have laid out pretty clearly what the major issues that will be at play are in Ivory. Okay. At least I think so. It's aliens invading, right? Actually, it's ninja pirate zombies. Ooh. Roman aliens. Romalians. No, I no, still no. think that rolls no, off no, the tongue so aliens. well. That was... Oh, yeah, there we go. Let's go with humalians. All right, yeah. hey, hit John on the phone real quick. I will do. Tell him I can save him thousands of dollars on art. <laughs> <laughs> right, I, I have noticed AEG is reusing their art a lot, so... The, in Ivory, you guys are going to start doing a bunch of spy things to reuse oh, all the spycraft yeah. art. Yeah. Uh, then it'll start becoming a more feudalistic empire, so you can reuse the the Warlord and Thunderstone. Oh right? yeah, absolutely. Just wait until you have to start fighting vampires and werewolves. Ooh yeah. Be, uh, we'll call it Ringfall. That's a good <laughs> idea. I like that. Well, we tried that years ago when we did that big April Fool's thing, right? Where we did all <laughs> and, the, and, the, and the number one response was, "Why don't you publish a canon all supplement the for the factions this? that <laughs> we?" <laughs> Like we're based hey. on like, dead games. Uh, that was my right. my best technique name ever. Epic. There are all sorts of crazy pipe dream ideas that would work once and then ruin the joke forever. Well, sure. That we can't there, do. there always are. Yeah. That's what April Fools is made for. Yeah. Right. And then the tiger jumped out. <laughs> That's still my favorite one. <laughs> that was, I think, Rich's. Yeah. That, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was Rich Wolf. There was a. There was a. When I was in college, there was a show that came on Comedy Central called Almost Live. It was kind of like Saturday yeah, yeah. Night Live. It's, it's, it was and, filmed uh, out of Seattle. And they had yeah. a fake game show on it to call. It was about the contestants trying to explain the, their conspiracies about the Kennedy assassination. Yep. Yes. And they had like 10 seconds to do it, and the first two ran out of time. And they go, all right, back to our returning champion with his revolutionary theory. What happened? Tiger got him. And that's right. I've been, I've been doing that ever since. I've said that for years. <clears throat> My favorite skit on that was Billy Kwan. Yes. So. Mind your manners with Billy Kwan. That's the uh, that's the etymology of the tiger jumped out at him. Ah, from years ago. So much of L5R's current, you know, recent past history is made up of 
strange things that happened to me in college. It's really <laughs> sort of cathartic, I guess, to get it out of <laughs> It also says very bad things about your college experience. Well, you know, who are we to judge? <laughs> I just want to know what you had against those monks that visited your college campus. Look, said I didn't want the pamphlet. Yeah. <laughs> and they were looking at you all bug-eyed. <laughs> Take the pamphlet. Swaddle first. Have you met our Lord and Savior, your Fudo? <laughs> I'll have one photo pamphlet, please. But, so, back to the original question. No, <laughs> no, we don't expect to have any unfair surprises. Oh, I wasn't looking for unfair yeah. surprises. I was mostly going for, are there, are there clues that you guys have dropped that no one has picked up that you wish someone would pick up? Was really where I was trying to go with that question. For the upcoming arc? Or, you know, for whatever. Generally, absolutely. Oh, as always. <laughs> Upcoming yeah. arc? I can I'm, confidently I say that. that there are things that I have written and implied in fictions that I wish people had picked up on at the moment that the fiction was published. I would yeah. say that has happened I, I think a few that's, times. That's absolutely true. <laughs> are, are you saying that the head of the sparrow is a colat? Is that what you're, what are the colat masters? I neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> but that, that's going to be the answer in relation like, to Master Cold Sparrow was a really obvious time. title. <laughs> I think, like, so that's why no one suspected him. Who who would think the head of the Sparrow, the poorest clan in the Empire, would be Master Coin all along? <laughs> yeah, and that's that's what it's, I mean by unfair surprise. <laughs> yeah. It's great for money laundering. Oh man! Oh, that you, guy had you all these. Can't launder money through sweet potatoes. <laughs> They physically put the coin in the beef potato and export it, and no one eats it, and that's why. It doesn't work. <laughs> no one got it. It does not work. These sweet potatoes are costing us more money. <laughs> Sorry, no. The line must be drawn Come on, right where, there. Where are the magi- are, do you really think the magistrates are going to go look through all of the yams just for <laughs> spare koku? But no. there is one really lucky peasant that likes stole a right, yam and right. found a coin inside. That's where the coins come from. <laughs> the karma for that peasant is really <laughs> Oh, man. He's like, I stole this and got a coin. I'm getting mixed signals from the universe yeah. here. So, Actually, the signals are pretty unequivocal, and yeah. that's the problem. I continue to steal? <laughs> is what this means? Yeah. yeah. But there... The problem is if you make something blatant, then it's blatant and it takes people out of the fiction. Or whatever the writing you're doing. doing. But if you make it subtle, the risk is going to be that some of your target audience does not pick up on it. Or they will say, well, the argument for this is very weak because there's no strong evidence. And and your point is, well, what about this, this, and this, and this? And they're like, well, yeah, but those are very subtle things that you have to imply and interpret a certain way. It's not unequivocal. Therefore, the case is not made. And to some extent, legitimate questions about the setting and what happened and what was his or her motivation is, are good. And on the other, there are certain things that we want to have as, you know, generally accepted facts. This person wielded the sword. This person intended for someone else to die because you wanted them out of the picture. And every time as, we have... As opposed to, to Shakay's motivations, which are incredibly murky. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I still don't know what's going on yeah. with that guy in his own mind. I have no idea what's going on. I'm, of course not. <laughs> right? Um, I wrote it, and I don't know <laughs> what's, what's going know. on. And, and, and Shikei is a good example. Uh, dragon in general is a good example, in that the dragon 
characters aren't in the business of explaining themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's true to the overall tone and setting of the clan. Right. But Generally, explaining them loses some of that mystique. But at the same time, players do want to know, what is what is a likely reason someone had for this out of, you know, narrow it down to like three. And, and I think that is a fair, that's a yeah. reasonable and fair thing. And it's also reasonable and fair to say, it seems to be that the overall evidence kind of most points towards one option. That's fair. But, but for Dragon, all of that should be cast rather subtly, which makes it a little harder to say we've done our job right, because sometimes we get it wrong and are just don't paint it clear enough. And there are times where people overlook. And But if people overlook, to some extent, you can say it's because we did it too subtly and therefore we did it incorrectly. It is not clear, right? And it is extra unclear when clans are in opposition to each other because... I want players to be, I want players to have good reasons to say my clan is better than X because and I want players of the other clan to also be able to say my clan is better than yours because because we're awesome. I mean, come on. Because our our animal is cooler than yours. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> right. We can fly, you can't. <laughs> to be right. fair though, I yeah. mean, there the, there's not there's there's a pretty significant disparity in the totem animals there. I mean, you know, one clan gets the dragon, one clan gets a crab. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's not. Yeah, I know. Like those poor dragon just got screwed yeah. from the inception. I know I mean, crustaceans, right? Uh. When Zoidberg is your avatar, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's over. You've won. I finally understand the appeal. Right. Um. So. Yes, there's always stuff we wish had been more clear without having to be more clear. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, that usually means me. next question. <laughs> yes, that means next question. I'm trying to come up with some. I'm okay. out of my prepared notes, so. Already? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I'm lazy. No, that's fine. And normally Chris prepares, like, yes, questions I'm, and stuff. I'm, I'm the in? opposite of Chris, yes. Yeah. I'm doing a horrible job right now. No, you're doing fine. You're doing <laughs> normally, awesome. normally at this point is when we come up with some whacked out topic and just go for a while. With we it. did that with the yams a minute ago. <laughs> <laughs> sweet potatoes. I love sweet yams. potatoes, not the yams, the yeah. sweet potatoes. I love those so much. I can tell you spend so much detail and time on them. I want everyone to know how many roots were cut off of each yam individually that went into that soup. I am the Tom Clancy Art- of the Elfheimar <laughs> <laughs> fiction. Is, is this your way of saying there's going to be a new Elfheimar cookbook released soon? If there's a yam? god in heaven, there there's will be an Elfheimar cookbook and I will write it. There, there, there's actually going to be our version of the potato plague where like the tape <laughs> will be spread through... The sweet potatoes no. and the yams, and so the peasants will be hit worst. Yeah, and the samurai will have to start hoeing their own like fields. How many sweet potatoes does it take to kill a sparrow samurai? None. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's joke, no. jokes normally no hit bad. that quality on the last day of January. Oh, yeah. now I feel bad <laughs> about myself. I am fulfilling my job description. My self-esteem. But was there anything you wanted to ask that's kind of off the cuff or like about your pet clan? Of course I could ask random things about my pet Go clans. Go for it. Th- eventually that'll get us going. Okay. It'll retreat, it'll get us what? But it'll get us going on some spiel going. that yeah. keeps us going because the, the sweet potatoes came out of nowhere too. Yeah. Well, I'll go for the completely random one then. Sure. Where did Rattling coming back? 
after I'm gone sometime, probably. Yeah. So what are you leaving now? <laughs> Narratively. Surely before the rattlings come back. <laughs> oh. Narratively, I think, ha- knowing that Rusty wrote kind of a capstone to the rattlings, I would need specific reasons to bring them back. Besides, they're awesome? Well, besides, no. above and not, Rusty oh. knew they were awesome, too, right? Fair enough. And and I don't think anyone who has worked with Rusty or knows Rusty would question that he loved the Ratlings. He loved the Nizumi, right? So that's the price you pay to be on the story team, man. You got to kill what you love. <laughs> yeah. How many minor? What are you all Yogo? Into the ground? Is, is, is that what you're saying here? You, like, you're all Yogo. Yogo? <laughs> I'm not saying we're not Yogo. Not all of us have fulfilled our curse yet, though. Yes. And you only kill the one you yeah. love. And all right, well, well then, what yeah. what is your love that you have to kill? Actually, I already killed her. Oh, okay. One of the first fictions I did for the game was for the RPG, and that fiction drove the final nail into the coffin of a character that there was reason, there was sufficient justification in the story to save her. Mm. And I wrote the fiction that kind of definitively set the circumstances of her death and her choice to go to her death willingly. So. I joke about how we haven't all done it yet, but yeah, I've done it. <laughs> so, okay. So, when's your fiction where you kill off all the yams? <laughs> <laughs> I love those yams. to be the hardest fiction to Like write. I told you, the potato yeah. plague arc. I know. What am I going to do? Well, you'll probably retire. And yeah, that'll at be that point, that. I'll shave my head. And, and then and I'll, I'll get... monastery. <laughs> I'll get someone else to ghostwrite your, the fiction where all the yams become, you know... Unedible, inedible, and get burned. That'll be what happens. But it'll be signed Robert Denton. That's fine. <laughs> I am oddly fine with someone else doing the work <laughs> and then signing my name on it. I thought I'd have qualms, but nice. we may get good. Gordon Shumway right. to do it. <laughs> uh, yeah. There, my my hands have not yet been bloodied in this manner. But the problem is that. I love I love every clan. And that that doesn't clan. speak well for the survival rate of the empire. Yeah. No, no, no. So Could I you think you love some of those other clans more. Exactly. Some clans I just adore. Yeah. And others I just I just love <laughs> with all my heart and soul. And so it's hard to say. That happens after a while. People ask me what my favorite clan is. I, it's completely impossible for me to answer that question. On a similar note, which is your favorite child? Oh, I've only got the one, so that's pretty easy. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. There's the simple way to solve that. It's the simple way to solve that. Just kill off all but one of the clans, and now there's no question which is your favorite clan. Yeah, the Empire needs more internal conflict, and the roots of the setting involve things like, you insulted my parents. We are going to war to the 10th generation. Yes, yes, I've I've heard of the line before. And (laughs) But that's part of the setting. It's you, not just part of the lion, right? right? They just do it more. Yeah, they they do it the best, but it, they're and, not. They don't have dibs on it. And I think it is on us to make sure that players f- share in that enough, so that if there needs to be a conflict between two clans over a matter of principle or a matter of honor, that that is seen as sufficient. Because mm-hmm. I, I I I do feel like we haven't done enough of nope. Honor alone is sufficient cause for me to kill you. 
and it's it within the setting it's not an unjust act it's not a, a needlessly violent act of course it's a violent act but it's not an unjustifiable one and and i think it is on us to remind people of that on screen more often right kakita started too few yes Yep. And nobody in the setting questions that it was legitimate of both of the other families to bear a grudge over a piece of writing mm-hmm. and a smart one-liner. Yep. No one else has questioned, in the setting, has said this is an unjustified feud or it is disproportionate or it is violent. Now, well, the violent is kind of a statement of the obvious rather than a judgmental one. Now, both of those are currently non-active vendetta but within the setting there's air right same way same way for example and i'm not using this as an implication that we're going to do something with it i'm using it as an example in the setting he totally is hint the hint hint um, <laughs> that the scorpion do not forgive ever when they feel they have been betrayed and they may not get revenge that generation well, no, but they will not. bear that grudge that. and hold it and nurture it, and when the, it comes to fruition, it will be on someone completely innocent who has descended from the wrongdoer. As an example, that's how that's one of the aspects of Scorpion Power, and I think we need to do more to remind people that that's how the characters in that universe see themselves and their proper responsibilities. Sure, I mean, yeah. last arc you had the Noritoshi versus, uh, why am G-Man? I saying? Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was suddenly blanking <laughs> yeah. on his name. You had that ri- that high profile rivalry that lasted a little too long, mm-hmm. but was still quite high profile. Yep. Have you considered, like, doing several of those there then? Have several of them running at one time, that will make it so that no one of them feels like it's been dragged on too long, because you're just like, hey, another one! To some extent. Maybe finish this one off and go for start a new one. I think I, I made a mistake in, in how I asked for the fictions to be spaced. Mm. Uh, Noritoshi Jimen, I should have asked for shorter time frame between fictions. One of the reasons I consciously wanted them to be spaced out was for the players to share in feeling Noritoshi's frustration. At, like, how long? Wh- I want to what? kill this man. Right. How come well, it's taking so long? Every day is too long. Yes. Well, I think the only problem with the spacing was that it was there too was long. nothing. Yeah. It was that too long. If you If you had some, like, Two line, or or two paragraph. Oh yeah, and something else with the story to keep it fresh in people's mind that it, something is happening, not just it's frozen. Yes, while the camera's yes, over here. Yes, it, that there, that's valid too. So, but but I don't think Naruto's Yemen is an example of what I'm describing because most players can really intuitively get around. You murdered my wife, or you ordered my wife killed. Right. Or that that's like anyone can empathize with the idea of you've ordered a loved one of mine hurt. They can get it. But there are abstract matters of principle, of honor, of face, of the value of my family name that are important to the setting and are considered worth dying and killing for that we haven't gone back to and re-emphasized in a while that I'd like to. Right. I I was just pulling that as the exemplar of the two feuding parties cranked up. I didn't necessarily mean the motivation is where you want it to be. That that's something I've looked at, but the 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 danger with that, although I'm not saying it's a bad idea, it's just something to think about, is if you do too many parallel ones, then each individual one doesn't feel as important, 
and you can have blurring of a particularly noteworthy or emotionally resonant part of one fiction is imputed to be part of another line. It's not a bad idea, though. It's right. just something I need to think about to make sure that we space it in such a way that we right. don't... Think about it so you do it well, yeah. rather than just do it for the sake of doing it. I but, can understand that. But I think we haven't done enough work in just... This fiction shows you what it's like to live. And I floated a fiction idea between Robert and Seth uh, that both are kind of on board for, so I think there'll be one coming up, which is basically a day-in-the-life piece. It's just a slice... Nothing related to the meta plot. Eating a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> will come out, but I think it'd be a very clear reason. I think it'd be very identifiable as a fiction where it's just samurai doing the business of samurai in a way that is kind of entertaining and sheds some light on the relationships between the clans and the setting. And that probably won't take that long, although right. we're, we're going to be not getting much done this weekend, well, and no. probably yeah. checks, so it won't be that soon, but probably by right. the time this goes up, probably. it'll be up. Those types of things are also nice in that because they are divorced from the meta story, you can just put them wherever you want. And, and you they're much more to. useful to RPG players who, who don't necessarily follow the canon or have consciously deviated from it, because slice in, unless you've radically altered how the clans relate to each other as people, a slice-in-the-life kind of fiction is always usable. Okay. Speaking of which, the RPG, do you uh, do you play that at all? I know you've played the card game. Uh, I have not played the RPG in years, just because, you know, there's only so much free time in the day. <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> there's been um, some really awesome releases recently for the role-playing game. Okay. Like, uh, Imperial Histories 2 was, fi- was released some time ago. Uh, Book of Fire was just released. At Gen Con, they're doing this really cool event called uh, Secrets of the uh, Naishou Naishou Province. Gesundheit. Thank you. And it was it's that's a really cool one. I got to do the the layout for that one, and as I was laying it out, I was reading it along, and I'm just like, this is the coolest event we've done in a long time. So that's gonna be that's gonna be awesome. And I just feel like the uh, the current writing team, and this is going to sound a little bit self-promotional, but the <laughs> That's okay. the current writing team for the role-playing game is knocking it out of the park. And uh, I have noticed a lack of a lack of in-depth reviews of the role-playing game on a, on a specific <laughs> L5R review website, and I would love it. To, I would love to read more reviews. Okay. Just a little bit. I'll, I'll mention that to Chris because I think he's the one who gets free copies of these things. Excellent. So... I will guide. <laughs> I will certainly take free copies of things if you want to. <laughs> Very few people turn those down. <laughs> Unless, of course, it's coming from a Yasuki or a Scorpion. Well, yes. then you just, you know, you, you take the free thing, you put it in a lead box, you leave it for a few months, so if it was alive, it's dead. You could say, in that case, you refuse it twice. Yeah. But then you've got no choice. Right. After but, that. You know, the whole, the whole favor-giving thing is I think players overanalyze the whole yep. owing favors thing. In real life, if someone does you a favor, you don't necessarily feel like you have to pay them back because they did you a favor. It's because they helped you out. Yeah. Right. That's really it. Right. You're like, hey, he, that guy helped me before. I should help him out. Right. Yeah. And if a guy helps you out enough times, then he's probably your friend. Mm-hmm. And what do friends do? They help each other out. Why? Because they're friends. Mm-hmm. 
Wait, but, you it's not just because you've given me these favor tokens that you're expecting exactly. things back? But in a more formal context where part of your social standing is your ability to make people be indebted to you, people turn around and now it's a professional relationship. Mm-hmm. It's The doing and giving of favors is not just something that could be between friends. It could also have professional implications. Mm-hmm. So... It's very straightforward. Sometimes, if one character asks another, what's the best restaurant in town? <laughs> that is a favor within yeah. the context of how the society defines it. But it isn't necessarily a debt-invoking instrument. Yeah. At the same time, maybe it is. <laughs> it a depends very, on context. Debt, and that's, yes. that's one of the central issues with the setting in terms of how... People ask, well, is this legal or not? And the answer, more often than not, is what does the highest standing person there say? And that person should be informed and guided by tradition and convention and culture. But if the person there is an eccentric, then you may have to be very flexible in your thinking of what the normal standards of behavior are. Because it's not a rule of law society the way we define a rule of law society. Right, uh Going back to the RPG, that's one of the things I always liked was you have your honor track, and once you hit five, it's like, no, 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 you don't do honorable things. Things you do are honorable. Yes. <laughs> you, you begin to define what right. what correct is just by your take on the situation. And that's, it's hard to get your head around, but then if you think about popular culture, what's popular right now? Well, what's popular right now is what the people who agree on what's popular say it is. What's what's attractive? What's proper dress code for an occasion? All of these things are things I think most players can get their heads around and can relate to, and they translate directly into the question of what's correct social behavior? And the answer is not black and white. It's just that there are certain things that are commonly accepted within the society. And that's why the clans that like to buck tradition are looked down upon it's not just status. It's a it's it's as simple as if you were attending someone's funeral, you wouldn't dress in t-shirt and shorts. Right. You, you show up in a Hawaiian shirt and a lei. That's gonna be looked on. Right. Yeah. Because you're not showing proper respect to the people who are there and to the occasion. Right. But then again, as you say, it's it's about status. So like, if President Obama showed up to the funeral with a uh, uh, the lay in the Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, he's the president. Except, oh, I'm sure everyone would just be except right. very friendly to the president of the United States and would exactly. not criticize right. him or say anything. But even if someone, <laughs> at all, even oh. if someone highly respected or even the most highly respected person there says something or does something, everyone else may not call them out on that issue. Yeah, but. As soon as they're done, they're like, "Dude, have some class." Yeah. Did you see what Bob Barker was wearing? Like, yeah. you know, they would, and uh, Bob Barker. Why did I go to? I, I don't. I don't. <laughs> want I was to like, know. I was like, who do the kids like? Uh, Bob Barker. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Finger well, on the bolt. you're too old for this. <laughs> I'm out of touch. And dead. Come on down. <laughs> Is he dead? But but those those are things. No, I think he's immortal. He he. But if you can guess the price of this coffin. <laughs> Without going over. Without going over. But those are the sort of things that I think partially can be more closely examined in the RPG. But at the same time, I'd like to be able to develop in in the fictions. Because they are difficult concepts that are 
that are worth exploring because they help provide the groundwork upon which the setting operates. So if the Empress consistently does things that the Empire considers just bizarre, strange, and inappropriate, even the Divine Empress would not be above that. Not forever. Right. At the same time, because she's a Divine Empress, if she leans one way, the rest of the Empire is going to give it a second thought about, maybe she's got a point. Maybe this Katsuki really are up to something. <laughs> and at some point in the future, I really want to canvas and explore with players, and probably just in a, a, a talk or something, the issue about the Kitsuki method and why it hasn't been just universally heralded as the way to go. Uh, Scorpion, right? Scorpion. Not, no, not really. Well, let's do it now. Hey, why not? <laughs> yeah, let's Chris, talk about this. And, and let's make Chris sad that he's not here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, he's already sad that he's not here. Right. Uh, I, I like Sean immediately perked up and was like, let's make Chris sad. Okay. Let's start. And, you know, with- I was anticipating a telling Chris, like, that I missed him at that, at the, at the Fort Mill Cote. Because oh. I went to that expecting to see him and he was not there. We're crushed. So when you, when you see him. He's dodging you now. I this know. Is- it's me. It's always me. So let's start with a basic <laughs> notion that the Kitsuki evidence, the Kitsuki method purports to put evidence as Central. Right. Let's explore that a little bit more. In real life, real life, like our, you know, if I want to get complex evidence in front of a judge, like a footprint, or a bullet imprint, or certain documents, I can't just put the, the evidence in front of the judge and say, obviously that means he shot the gun. Why? Because you get this an, isn't actually CSI. Because you get an expert to interpret that evidence and tell the judge what that evidence means. Bam. The expert is required to testify before the court. Right. I point that out because I want to apply that to the Kitsuki method. In Rokugan, if you get some evidence, the Kitsuki tells you what it means, and that's it, right? So if you put the Kitsuki method as primary, what you're really saying, according to the rest of the Empire, is you're asking me to defer entirely to the highest-ranking Kitsuki present. So you're not asking me to replace testimony with evidence. You're asking me to replace testimony with your testimony. Right. Because the Kitsuki method is not already commonly established. Everyone in the Empire has some understanding of, say, how a sword works, and what wounds are normally caused by what kind of strokes and techniques. That's not new and unique, although the Katsuki are much better at it. So, yes, the Scorpion don't want a more methodical, objective, reproducible set of techniques to become standard, because that hurts their operations. But the Scorpion have a second reason to oppose the method. The Scorpion trusts nobody yeah. as a matter of policy. They don't want people having power over them. Putting one group as the sole arbiters of the truth for criminal investigation is a whole lot of power, and the Scorpion don't believe anybody is incorruptible. They're, they're good proof of that, too. Yes. Right? And, know and, that better and the than Scorpion most. will point to various examples in the Dragon Clan that the Scorpions say, look at this abuse, look at that abuse, and so on. And the Scorpion could do that for any clan. Sure. So why do the Scorpion oppose the technique? Both for practical policy reasons, and because, from their perspective, you're not replacing 
testimony with evidence. What you're doing is you're usurping the normal status right. rules. Right, you're changing it from the highest ranking person, period, to the highest ranking person who knows the Kitsuki method. And trusts it. Right. And that's before you look at the implication for the entire rest of the empire of just going up and saying, well, our school sucks, let's use the Kitsuki method. Because that's insulting your own ancestors. Yes. You're saying their techniques are not worthy of preservation and refinement and passing on to the next generation. That is one of those reasons that I think is worth thinking about. And again, it's not because the methods don't work, and it's not because, you know, analyzing footprints can't help you track killers. It's that, why is it not the norm of law? It's because the Kitsuki method isn't as different, it's not different in the ways people think it's different from the rest of the empires. Because, what if you have a corrupt, small c, magistrate, who happens to be a Kitsuki? Because then he says, well, the method tells me this. And everyone else accepts that. But what if he's lying? Right. What if he's wrong? What if she's wrong? What if... Right, you don't even have to go go to corrupt. You can just be incompetent. Yeah, of... and there is no solution for that. Not true of any magistrate. If you're ma- if the sure. magistrate who's presiding is corrupt, you are in deep trouble. Yeah, but it depends on how much money you have. But yes, well, yeah, if they're corrupt, then they're <laughs> then they're bribable. In which case, yeah. you may be back in the ballgame. But that's a nuance that there's there just hasn't been a convenient time to explore it because it would take like multiple multiple fictions to to canvas. Why it hasn't grown more rapidly than it has since the ascension of the Divine Empress, right? That and the Divine Empress is not going to actively intervene to promote one set of techniques or rules in that way, right, because well, it will ruin her... Ruin her impartiality, but also everyone will be like, oh, she's just doing that because that's her school, so... and But she is the Divine Empress, mm-hmm. and part of that is to preserve the dignity of the station which is separate from preserving the dignity of her on the station. Right. And I think, for example, no Emerald Champion should ever tolerate an insult to the station of Emerald Champion. Mm. And that probably would be, would be even more important than their, their protection of their own name. Because if you insult the Emerald Champion as the Emerald Champion, you're also insulting Toshimoko, Toshiken, mm. and everyone else. Who's held that position, yeah. And then the Emerald Champion who's and sitting... Let's not forget him. Is Important point, yes. Is <laughs> obligated <laughs> to, to not dishonor, not share in that act of dishonoring the predecessors by failing to take action against someone who's violating their name. Alright, so when are we getting the RPG supplement, CSI Rokugan? Ah. <laughs> oh. That's a That would be a really neat you, you little have... like sidebar as a campaign idea because yeah. you just have to change certain tropes very, very markedly. But you could Shukenja, do it. Enhance, right? You could, oh man, you could you could do it, but you would just have to change some of the social norms and the setting norms. Mm. But you could do it. Well, if you guys can't come up with a better, you can have that for next year's April Fools. <laughs> well, one of my uh, favorite, one of my favorite sorts of like stories, those uh, the Japanese detective novels mm. are like I like that kind of stuff, and it's it's influential to me for my writing. So I really, I mean, I like to think that I like to think that there can be a hint of that kind of uncovering 
mystery sort of thing in in multiple different fictions. It doesn't just have to be, you know, like a police procedural, although that would be intriguing Mm -hmm. to me anyway. Any other ideas, threads, things to throw so that, like, (laughs) we'll bite. It's just a matter of conversation starters. Well, I've had you guys for almost an hour, and I feel bad about taking your time, so I've got... One last sure. thought I just want to ask. So I read the Coils of Madness fiction, and right near the end, it's got that glim- glimpse at the future. How much of that is actually going to come to pass? Always in motion is the future. <laughs> oh, when we <laughs> designed you, that set, the idea was that, you know, this horrible post-apocalyptic future, and, uh, you know, John was very clear that we had to be you know, depending on how the arc panned out, we had to be willing to allow that to, to happen. It. If that's you know where it ended up, and it, it, we haven't really gone in that direction, um, but you know, so I said, you know, I have no problem. I'm writing about crazy people sounds a lot like my day job. <laughs> so uh, you know, I was I was perfectly fine with that. Rokugan two or what was it? R two K. No, not R two K. The uh, Thousand Years of Dark. Yeah, thank you. Thousand Years mm-hmm. of Darkness two. Thousand two. Years of Madness. Something like that. Or they're like cousins, not direct sequels. <laughs> what if spiritual the, the spin-off with uh, the Mark and Mindy of it? <laughs> that is a dated reference. That's what that is. Yep. Yes, We're old. Yes, it is. Nanu, nanu. All right, well, okay. l- unless there are final parting thoughts from any of you, thank you, gentlemen, for an hour of your time. Sure. Oh, thank you. My pleasure. Okay. It's awesome. You've been listening to Strange Assembly. You can download more episodes of Strange Assembly on iTunes or from our website at www.strangeassembly.com. You can also email me directly at chris at strangeassembly.com or you can follow Strange Assembly on Facebook or Twitter. Strange Assembly either place. Thanks for listening.